listening. I think I'm better intro for this. Yes. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Lady Boat Podcast presents our Disney Mania Tournament. This will be the second part of round two. Two of two. Yes. Well, round two of three. I'm confused. No, no, Uh, there's four rounds. (laughs) There's four rounds. This is our second round. Okay. Anyways, uh, so yes, uh, this will be the music round. We're finishing up the music round. We've already um, got our first half of the music round finished uh, up. So we've determined of the more recent uh, films that are moving on. Now we're going back into the archives for the first half. Yes. Um, to to cover films from 1937 to, to, uh, to 1992. So, so just to recap, uh, we have Moana, Frozen, The Lion King, and Pocahontas. Moving on. Moving on. So now we will determine the rest of the films moving on. Yes, to join the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. So the rest. Uh, so this will follow the same format. If you have not listened to the previous podcasts before here's a real brief breakdown this will be debate format we will each be assigned a movie we have to defend said movie and we will uh engage in what rules give it to us mike uh rule number one you should listen to our previous podcast but in case you did not we'll go over them again (laughs) rule number one rule number one you cannot concede or throw the match no matter how much you may hate your uh film or how much you may want the other one to to move on, you must, with the best of your ability, defend your film. Let it go. Yes, I had. I, yes, you have to let it go yes. and defend your film. Uh, rule number two: the winner is determined by our judge, which in this case we have the beautiful-looking. I'm not sucking up to you in any way, shape, or form, Kristen. Woo! There's a bias here. Matt's gonna win. Oh, as I said before, no sleeping with the judges. Oh, too late. Too late. <laughs> You're screwed. Throw the, ma- throw the match. Throw the match. <laughs> All and right. Rule number three. Uh, position is determined by high card, in which case Matt kicked my ass yet again. Again. So, um, yes. So I got to choose the films that I am defending here. But I uh, decided to shake it up on two of them, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, that being said, that brings us to our time limit, the time rules. Uh, this is, of course, round two. We will be limiting these to 15-minute fights. We will each get two-minute opening statements, two-minute arguments and rebuttals, two-minute closing statements, and any one-minute last remarks that we may have. Uh, Kristen, you are timing us. Oh, do you have a timer? Use your phone. It's in your hand. (laughs) Also, we ask that you pay attention to the arguments. I will. You haven't started arguing yet. No. Unless, you know, I could argue well, yes, we argue all the time. Anyway. So, okay, here's, here's how it works. So, since I won the draws, Mike will be going first. So, the first things that will happen is each of us will have two minutes to defend our films. So, oh, two minutes for, two, so ten <laughs> minutes for Mike, and then when Mike finishes, two minutes for me. Okay. Then immediately after that come rebuttals. Now, the rebuttals are the opposite order. So, I will go with my rebuttal to his argument as soon as I am done with my argument. That is also two minutes. So two minutes on the timer for me, and then two minutes on the timer for him. After he is done with that, you will get rebuttals are over. I will get two, two minutes, minutes for a closing statement. Then after I am done, he will finish his closing statement for two uh, minutes. Right. So after I open that, and close. Yes. After that. 
There is a final, final really? statement. <laughs> yes. Okay, final statements. After yes. the closing statements, there are final statements, which is just one minute. Yeah, any one two, minute left. Two? Two, two. Two, two. Two, two. Two, two. One, one. Two, two. one, one. Got it. Should, should we oblige to take our one, one? What's yes. time we do? Yeah, sometimes we opt out of the minute if we feel like we've said our piece. Yes, if we said enough, we're just going to be repeating ourselves. But. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So we will go from the bottom up as we always do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and with that, uh, we come. To, uh, <laughs> with that, we come to one of the hardest hitting uh, lineups I think we're going to see today. Okay, that is Little Mermaid versus Aladdin. Okay, and you have uh, you have uh, been assigned Aladdin. I have been assigned Little Mermaid. Yeah, you and chose you, Little Mermaid. You. This is true. You will be going first. So when he, he starts timing, he ha or starts talking, mm -hmm. he has two minutes. All right. So, Aladdin is probably one of the most memorable musicals to date. Um, so much so that it's been uh, adapted into uh, its own play at Disneyland with Seth Rumble's hits. As once up in front of the bread line, and you got a uh, you've never had a, fr a friend like me, uh, as even sung by the late and great uh, Robin Williams in what's essentially the heart of that entire movie. Uh, it comes very early on, but uh, a friend like me basically establishes everything that that Aladdin is and will become. It establishes not only uh, the magic part in terms of the genie, but it also establishes the friendship that blooms between genie and Aladdin in terms of how genie can help out Aladdin. But then it also uh, encompasses everything into loyalty, uh, as it does mention the three wishes, which become the crucial key and essentially the crux of, of Aladdin. Um, there are other great songs in Aladdin. Um, Including uh, one of the probably the probably one of the most romantic songs out there, uh, right up there with the Lion King, in um, a whole in a whole new world. It's a great, fantastic point of view from both <laughs> Aladdin and Jasmine as they sing a duet <laughs> as they as they as they go across the world and end up in China and Mulan, who's no longer in here, sadly. <laughs> the light of the rising sun. Let it go. I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, and there's just the you see the duet and the um, the power that both uh, Aladdin and Jasmine have. We get a buzzer now. Awesome. Oh, nice. <laughs> ring a ding ding. Ring a ding ding. Okay. So uh, going back in time three years, we have 1989's Little Mermaid. So, Little Mermaid Best was the year. studio's first attempt at doing a Broadway musical to animation. Yes, previous Disney animated films had been loosely musical themed, but had not followed the, followed the template of the Broadway musical up until Mermaid. The reason for this is because they got two Broadway composers and lyricists, being Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, which would, would, would also collaborate on Beauty and the Beast. And thus, the soundtrack is nothing like what came before it, and I argue, in a lot of ways, nothing like that came shortly after either. 
So you have this traditional Broadway structure, as I talked about in yesterday's podcast. You have the opening song, kind of the setting song. You have the, the want song, which in this case is the beautiful part of their world, which establishes Ariel's want and, uh, and, and, and goal for the rest of the movie. And it's great. It's super catchy, but not as catchy, of course, as the Academy Award winning Under the Sea, which is probably the catchiest song that they ever wrote and maybe Alan Minkin's masterpiece. It is ridiculously addictive, and you cannot get it out of your head. Of course, that's not where it stops. You also have Kiss the Girl. You also have the fun the chef chasing Sebastian's song, Le Poisson. It's a lot of fun. And then, of course, you have Poor Unfortunate Souls, Ursula's villain song, which is creepy but great because it does this does the Broadway thing of the let's give you exposition while the song is going on, which is a great trick and is something that a lot of the later Disney musicals doesn't really do, um, that they wouldn't really do what really well until Princess the Frog, even. Um, so it's, it's, it's the first of its kind, but it's also one of their best um, versions of the Broadway, of the Broadway structure, and I think that's what sets it apart. Uh, from a lot of its contemporaries. All right. Rebuttal. Okay, uh, so whereas Aladdin is not nearly as consistent, one of the things I didn't have time to mention about uh, Little Mermaid is one of Ashman's ideas was to give it a Jamaican flair. He wanted the character of Sebastian specifically to be to have that Jamaican accent, and thus it painted the way that they ended up writing some of the songs. Whereas Aladdin, well, there's no thematic similarity between most of the music here uh, the the major songs don't have the theme of being in the setting except for arabian nights once you get past that you have a lot of kind of wild themes that come out of nowhere like the whole genie thing is like why is the genie all of a sudden do a cabaret act doesn't matter he just is uh it's not super <laughs> thematically consistent and that's probably my biggest problem with it is the songs by themselves are fine but together as a whole if you saw that in in a broadway as a broadway show i don't think it would play also you have um some lyrical inconsistencies because the lyricist of course was changed halfway through Ash howard ashman as i mentioned who had worked on little mermaid was assigned to some of the songs before his uh before his death in 1991 and thus he was replaced as kind of pinch by pinch hitter tim rice who would also do lion king dead line uh, that being said, you can tell the difference in the songs. Arabian, Night, Arabian Nights is a little bit more uh, lyrically focused, and then you have stuff like Friend Like Me, which is not. And it's, it's definitely, you can see the inconsistencies. So my biggest problem here is inconsistency, is the songs by themselves taken piecemeal are fine, but Little Mermaid is the whole package. You get the, the songs that work thematically with the film more than, they work, than Aladdin's songs work with thematically with the film. I don't know how much time I have left, but, more, but you can that's fine. I can wrap up. All right, Michael. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up Arabian Nights, uh, as that is the <laughs> opening epic uh, that basically does the whole setting of this movie. Whereas um, there is no really big opening sweeping epic for Little Mermaid. Uh, if you if you want to think on the boat, huh? There's the thing on the boat. The thing on the boat. Yeah. There's no thing on the boat. With Prince Eric. Oh yeah, with Prince Eric. <laughs> yes, but what? <laughs> see, 
that's it. Yeah, that, that just shows you how unforgettable that, that Un- opening unforgettable? is. Is it unforgettable? How forgettable, yes. Unforgettable. I, I, I forgot that thing even happened, okay? Okay, outside of the two, right, outside of the two main songs, the want song, which uh, a part of your world is, I agree, classic, uh, and uh, the, the very fun song of Under the Sea, but even Under the Sea undermines the entire point of the movie of, of trying to keep Ariel under the sea when immediately after it, she doesn't. That whole song is just a, a big showstopper, one song and dance number to basically try and brainwash Ariel to which it doesn't even work. It doesn't even, it doesn't do a whole lot other than push Ariel even further out of the ocean. Um, whereas with uh, Aladdin, every song that put, every song pushes the narrative forward into a new direction. Um, you have Arabian Night setting it up. You have the intro song of of, of One Stop for the Breadline. I don't uh, think that's the name of that uh, song. Just one, show, just one <laughs> jump ahead. <laughs> the bread, one, jump, one jump ahead. <laughs> I was letting it go the first time, but not the second I, I time. Know. <laughs> I know. It pushes the character forward, okay? Um, the A Whole New World, classic. It pushes that narrative forward. It pushes the love story forward. Every right. plot pushes forward. Time. <laughs> Okay, two minutes closing. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, I, I guess to an extent that you're right, that that first opening number in Mermaid is kind of forgettable. You're right. But then again, uh, so is Arabian Nights in a lot of ways. It took me a while to remember that that thing existed. Uh, that being said, I don't think one kind of fillerish song is, 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 does end as a soundtrack. I've said that before. That being said, I think that what you're saying about how each of the songs in Aladdin take the narrative forward, I think you could easily say the same thing about Little Mermaid. I don't think Under the Sea is just to be a fun brainwash song, as you said, uh, to Ariel. I think it's to establish the other characters. I think it's established that Sebastian really enjoys the world down under the sea and what Ariel's known all her, uh, her life. And really, there's nothing there saying that Ariel dislikes the show that he puts on, besides the fact that she leaves before the number's over. Um, but, oh, that, oh, that doesn't tell you right No, there. it shows that her priority is just not, she's just not interested in that. She wants, to pers- she wants to pursue the things she wants to pursue. It's not necessarily that she's rejecting Sebastian's view of life under the sea. She, it's not that she's rejecting everything about ocean life. She wants more. That's the thing. She wants, she wants more than what she has there. And so that she shows she's willing to take the risk of going up into the surface and seeing what their world is like. She wants so badly to be in their world that she just could care less about the ocean life as opposed to what you're saying, which is Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian's view, he, she actively dislikes what Sebastian is showing in Under the Sea. So it, it exists to, uh, as, as a setup uh, for, for just how much she wants to escape. And it works in that way. Then you, and then uh, to compare the romantic, I wanted to compare the romantic scenes because I think that's an interesting comparison. So part of your world, I don't really understand the chronology that's taking place here. I don't understand how they get where they're going. Time's up, kids. All right, Michael. Uh, I'd like to point out that at least my characters have a duet with each other. Whereas your characters well, do well. not. <laughs> okay? That's a Sebastian song. 
kiss the girl. Sebastian sees that whole thing. They make out though. No, they do not. <laughs> that song even fails. So Sebastian fails as a lyricist. He fails to kiss the girl. He fails to keep Ariel throughout the whole number. He even fails in the opening number with uh, the with Key Titans' daughters, as Ariel doesn't even show up. This is not an <laughs> occupation <laughs> review. This is Whereas, she never was in the first place. This is not a job review. Move on. Whereas with We're not Aladdin, evaluating Sebastian's six-month performance. Whereas with Aladdin, everybody works together to create duets, to create solo numbers. Oh my god. Aladdin works with Genie to create, to create your friend like me. Because you can't see a friend like me in an OG room by yourself. No, you see it to someone. And Aladdin reacts so beautifully. Uh, you have the you have a party part of your world where they do wet together. They yes, do wet together. They do wet together. Okay, they do wet hard. Oh God. They do it sideways and upways and onways. <laughs> On a magic carpet ride. It's a different song. No, that's a whole new world. Uh, what is even happening? <laughs> what always what, what always happens? What always happens? Where where Aladdin becomes the more memorable musical over over uh, what, what, what am I arguing? Mermaid. Against? Exactly. I can't remember what what song I'm arguing against. Cause so you did that blatant, on purpose. So bland. So ugh. Blame. Yes. So bland. So bland. Bland and bland. bland. That 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 Aladdin has these show-stopping numbers. And musical uh, mel- melodies that you right, that you remain. Time. Okay, one minute final statement. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know you have a lot to cover here, so go ahead. Right, well, one not, minute. Not really, actually. I'm gonna make this pretty simple. Uh, so I think that first of all, I don't want to shit on Aladdin. I think that again, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of great songs in Aladdin. But. I think as a musical, as a piece of musical theater, which I think that this film can be, both the, these films can be treated as, especially yours, which was adapted into literal musical theater. Well, so was yours. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> so both were. And the, and the I think that as, the, as a musical, with musical structure, I think Little Mermaid succeeds more. It thematically works closer to the songs that are in its repertoire, and Aladdin varies so much stylistically and that it, I just can't treat it like the same way. I just don't think of it the same way. It goes, it just hops back and forth between styles so often. At least Little Mermaid tries to be consistent as much as as much as possible. Well, the reason it hops back and forth is because it's a it's better for a wide range of audience. You 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 get you get the dramatic and and the the ballads. You get the the high class and the pop. You even. You even get Prince Ali, which I almost neglected to, m- to mention here. Yeah, where, I'm surprised. Yeah, <laughs> where, where it's a strong introduction through the streets, and uh, Robin the Williams streets. does... The streets. streets? Street rats. Uh, Robin okay. Williams does great in both those songs, Friend Like Me and uh, Prince Ali, and it's just testament to how great of a singer and actor he is uh, to... To push that movie, I think, over the edge and over the top into people's hearts uh, with its uh, music, music and lyrics. All right, the moment of truth. All right. Okay, so now that we're done arguing, I want to say, freaking, you have so much ammo with whole whole new world that you did not take advantage of. 
Well, well I want to hear more, more than just one song. I know, so, so but that one song is probably like, better than everything. Before, uh, before you shit on each other's critiques, <laughs> yes. uh, let me give mine. Right. Okay. So, I think, while both are excellent movies, and you both argued it so well and strongly for each other's, or against each other's. We kind of did both. I think Matt has the more succinct argument, given that the themes kind of tie together a little better. And I don't think that Seba- saying Sebastian's a bad lyricist was, was really effective. Yeah, it's so not a job interview. It's not a job review. Well, it's like six I mean, months ago. I mean, did, did he write the lyrics? Did he really fail? Or did the person writing uh, fail intentionally? Anyway, um, so Little Mermaid wins. Little <laughs> Mermaid moves on to the next round. Aladdin gets eliminated. All right, so is this Boom. on your hit list here? No, actually, Aladdin was not on my hit list. I actually like Aladdin. I know. Yes. Yes, Aladdin, unfortunately. Aladdin gets eliminated. Gotta do it. Little Mermaid moves on to round three. Which I, uh, might do better in the next round. Yeah. Might do a whole lot better in the next round, actually. Figure. Okay, and so we move on to the next, next bout. Next bout, we have Beauty and the Beast versus the Fox and the Hound. Tale is old as time. Alright. Let's get ready. (laughs) Alright. It's the one I've been waiting for. All right, but you get to go first. Really, not the Pocahontas one? I mean, now that I've done that, oh, that's the other one. <laughs> I already done that and I nailed it, so this is. Yeah, you know Pocahontas. Is that your type? No. <laughs> or is Moana your type? <laughs> all right. You can't ready? answer either of them. I'm sorry, go first. I go first ready? in all these. Whenever you're ready. All right. <laughs> so the fox and the hound. Is all about friendship. That throughout that movie, it's about friendship with the fox Friends. and the hound. It's about music. I know. <laughs> it's about friendship, and that's all encompassed in the single, probably the single song from that. It's movie. not the only song in that movie. Go I, on. I know. Yeah, it's not the only song, but. Hey, hey, hey! Let him talk. Let me talk here. <laughs> But um, when you're the best of friends, don't be a president. Is the quintessential friendship song. It's way better than uh, you've got a friend in me. It's way better than um, than even uh, Aladdin's um, never had a friend like me. When you're the best of friends is a is a tale as old as time. So I'll steal from you there. Uh, where even throughout uh, their journey, they will become, they will remain the best of friends, even through uh, harsh times that are ahead of them. Uh, that just that song alone encompasses everything that is not only Fox and the Hound, but is supposed to be a Disney movie. Uh, it, it's built on that friendship. It's built on that everlasting um, trust and bond between uh, two people, and that's uh, just. It, it is uh, it is that movie um, you do get a couple of other semi songs I guess you could say songs about trucks no no semi songs <laughs> uh, where uh, Big Mama the Big Owl sings uh, not only to talk about Vixie and, and, and trying to help him fall in love and grow up uh, but this movie is mainly about friendship, uh, which encompasses, even in the reprise, 
of uh, Best of Friends. All right. Okay, uh, so uh, Beauty and the Beast is a completely different beast animal than your movie. Um, so this, of course, is an actual musical, unlike uh, Fox and the Hound. Not to say that's a good thing or a bad thing. It doesn't necessarily... Musical does not a movie make. However, um, this was pro- is probably still the best example of the Disney animated musical that they've ever done. It used the template of Little Mermaid and built on it in every single way. In fact, arts writers at the time of its release in 1991 said that the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack was better than everything that was on Broadway at the time, which is super impressive considering. It was such a good score that it still lasts today. I mean, the remake borrows most of the music from the original. But I'll save some of that discussion for the next round, Legacy. For now, I want to talk about the music, although I'm not going to have time to hit every song, because all the songs are that good. You have the opener, Belle, which establishes the village and establishes Belle's want. It's in a sta- it's a setting song and a want song in one. It's great. And it's seven minutes of screen time, which is n- had never been done before. But it does it so well, and it's, and it's such a fun number. Then, of course, you have the rest of the songs. And you have the comic relief song, the villain song, Gaston, which is incredibly well-written. has some of the greatest one-liners in a Disney song. It's still funny. It still holds up. Uh, then, of course, Be Our Guest, which is the big explosive mm-hmm. number, which is the big ensemble number. And it's just so much fun to watch all the, the, dish, the, all the dishes and the, the, the inanimate objects show all this food. And it's just, just such a fun song. And then, of course, you have the ballad Beauty and the Beast while they're dancing. Not to mention the romance song. It's got every single thing in it. The romance song, of course, something there is also a lot of fun. There's even a song that's great that was cut from the original, but I guess I can't talk about it because we're just talking about the original theatrical releases here. There's just so much good stuff in this movie. No, I don't no, have time no. to talk about it. You really don't. Your time <laughs> is up. Michael. No, it's actually Matt. Matt. Uh, Whoever you are, keep talking. Okay, I, I, you know what? It's, it's, it's hard for, for me to do this rebuttal because there's not a whole lot that you're working with here. There's not a whole lot of songs in Fox and the Hound, and I think what's there is not that fun. I think that you're right that, to a certain extent, that uh, Best of Friends is yes about friendship, and it's nice, and it's tender, and it works for the scene that it's in. But there's just not enough going on with the music in this film. The score is does punctuate the the more dramatic moments with this which your movie does have a lot of dramatic moments but without kind with but but the songs that exist in the soundtrack are not that strong and so if we're comparing songs and scores if we're encompassing this argument as both as a whole it doesn't stand it doesn't hold a candle huh, to the stuff that's in the beast it's a completely different animal and i understand that but if we're doing a direct comparison, your movie does have songs, and they're just not the same. They're not as well written. They're not as memorable. Um, I think they do one thing well, but that's not that's not even close to doing several things really, really well, which is where Beauty and the Beast excels. I mean, I think that it's 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 again, it's hard thing to compare in general. So it, it makes this having an argument at all about these two movies kind of. Unfortunate that they ended up being paired against each other. Uh, but I will say that your 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 movie has one strong song, 
and in comparison, it, like if we're just going back to back with the two movies, I don't think it's I don't think that's enough, and I don't have enough else to say. All right, <laughs> Michael. Well, my one song is all my movie needs. My movie's not a musical. You're right, it's not a musical, but that one song is done so well that it doesn't need any other song to to perpetuate to propel that story forward. Whereas your movie is a bunch of showstoppers and doesn't propel its story. It's just, here, let's have a song here. Oh, we haven't had a song in a while. Let's do a song with, with the dishes. Oh, we haven't <laughs> had a song in a while. Let's do a song about Gaston. Oh, we haven't had a song in a while. Let's do another song. It's just so much wanted to be a musical that it forced itself to write songs for it. All right, it basic, the songs don't propel anything forward. They're just reacting to what we've already seen. Um, even, even in the the oh the title song, uh, "Beauty and the Beast," there it's just the teapot reacting to what we've already seen, to what we already know. It's basically the songs basically just bash over your head what you already know about this movie. They don't help in any way. You can I bet you can even take the songs out of this movie, and it'd still work as a movie. Okay. If we're talking about lyrics here and talking about songs and talking about uh, over overturned score here, the the songs of Beauty and the Beast don't need to be there. This Beauty and the Beast has been on Broadway and works without being a musical. We've seen it done without it being a musical. Other students have done it without it being a musical. So so Beauty and the Beast doesn't need its songs. All right, they're. They just react. They're reactive songs. They don't produce anything. They don't help with anything. They don't push any part of the story forward. All right? I mean, probably one of the best songs that you guys have is Belle. And that just basically sets up how shitty the town is. How shitty they are to Belle, how shitty they are to each other. What? <laughs> All right, good job. <laughs> 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 Am I like the host of this thing? Like, oh, okay. Maddie, um, Maddie Boo Boo. That uh, work cut out for me. All right. So, so okay. First, first of all, I have a problem with your core concept here that none of the songs move the plot forward. The the opener, Bell, I think establishes Bell's want in it, which means it moves the plot forward. Also, it establishes the character of Gaston. Which also moves the plot forward. It sets up his desire to marry her. It sets up his relationship with LeFou. It sets up her relationship with the town. It sets up her relationship with her father. It does all of these things. And it uh, and then that's only the first song. That's why I gave it the exception. So then uh, that's not the only song that does. Something there also. It establishes that there's not necess- that the, their budding relationship between the Beast and Belle is going to a new level. They're finally getting along. They're playing with each other. They're, uh, snowballs. Yeah, they snowballs. They're playing <laughs> yeah, they snowball are. fight with each other. They're really um, <laughs> to give it up. <laughs> yeah, they're balls just, with each other. So I think... But also, I, I think that conceptually, not every song in a musical has to move the story forward. I don't think that's necessarily a requirement. I tend to like when musical songs do that, However, I don't view it as a requirement, like hard and fast. 
I think that the songs that they're, they're there are, are, some of them are there for entertainment value, such as Be Our Guest. It doesn't necessarily need to be there. Also, the Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast does, that, that Disney produced does contain the songs. It is a musical. I want to give that, get, put that on the record. But you are correct in saying that other adaptations of the story have not included music. But I would argue that including the music and the specific songs that are in this film make it a stronger telling of the story. And I think that they benefit, they benefit the entertainment value. And, the, and even if not all the songs move the narrative forward, it's still an enjoyable experience because those songs are there. I think if those songs were not in the film, I think the, sto okay. the story would not have been as well told. Next up, two minutes. Yep. Ready to begin. <laughs> the end. Well. Time's wasted. Yes. Well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yes, you do make some strong arguments there, but I think this all comes down to music and propelling. Well, I, like as I say, keep propelling the story forward. I like music that that tell that don't that don't tell me what I already know. They don't beat me over the head with a. You know this is gonna happen, or hey, you remember the, how much of a bad guy or how much of a dick Gaston is? <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need to be retold that. I just, I just need a quick action to just a reminder, and that's it. You don't need a whole two five minutes of 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 a musical number to reiterate what you what the audience already knows. You're treating them like a child, whereas in the Fox and the Hound, it's a progressive story and that and just the the best of friends <laughs> we come back to hear the best of friends being quint the quintessential friendship song i mean there, there's as you said there it is it is one of the best friendship songs there's probably no other one that can compare to it um except the two that you compared to, to that it, I compared to it yes <laughs> Like I said, it, it's it's a strong song, strong enough that it doesn't that Fox and the Hound didn't need other songs, uh, to, to be in it. It didn't need to be a musical. It told its story without it, and the song that they did include was the right choice, as it, as it, told a story of friendship, and it, it reprised it, itself in the end, of 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 friendship as they're older and as they part ways. That no matter what, they will still be the best of friends. Okay. Okay, so one minute finals. Uh, so I think that yeah, what we're what we're getting at, and I think a lot of these arguments is that they're two very different approaches to, to music. Mm -hmm. uh, one is a musical, like up and down, and the other is not necessarily necessarily a musical. So I would argue that in uh, Beauty and the Beasts favor i think the fact that it is a musical one benefits the story and number two makes it a more entertaining story that way also i think that this because of the songs nature the the songs have well i can't really make that argument ah uh, <laughs> so the, the, i think that the quality of the songs is just so much so, so much larger than the quality of the uh songs in fox and the hound that even if it is not a musical and is going for a different kind of approach the fact that they even exist means that I, I have to compare them. That I have to compare them as they are equal to songs, even though it is not a musical. And thus, I think they pale in right. comparison. I'll leave that one minute. Uh, okay. I'm just going to repeat <laughs> how, yeah. how good the best of friends is. 
All right. Okay. So, the big decision. Um, I found it interesting that are there any other songs that Fox of the Hound? Because yeah, I don't know them. There's a couple. It's a I lack th- of education. I and think the, it would have been a more powerful argument <laughs> to have brought up the other songs. But they're not. Try. Power, try try. But but they're not powerful. But at the same time, I mean, this is a musical battle, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And it's, it is important. I don't even remember ever seeing Fox and the Hound. Yeah. But I would have liked to hear, because you kept saying it pushes the the story along, but how does it do that? I don't know. And with Matt, I, I, and I don't know if it's necessarily saying that Beauty and the Beast doesn't need its songs. <laughs> That's a powerful argument because I don't think you have that choice. I think they have the songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> given the argument, I say Beauty and the Beast wins. Good job, Matt. Beauty and the Beast moves on. Yeah, as, round rightly, three. as it rightly should. As it should. <laughs> uh, uh, total unfair fight here, by the way. A little bit. Yeah, that's why I, I mean that's why I even admitted that. Is yeah. That this is unfortunate that they're going against each other because you you have what may be the strongest modern Disney soundtrack against a movie that's not a musical. Right. <laughs> so, not exactly. Not exactly fair. No. Um, Okay. We should fight later, though. This, yeah, we'll see in the legacy round. Yeah. But, okay. We have to do this one. Yep. Which, this is gonna be a shit show, guys, so get ready. <laughs> On both sides. Yes. <laughs> Tell us what the movies are. Alright, so we have Bambi versus Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> and I believe Matt chose Bambi. Yeah, I chose Bambi. Um, yeah. Alright. <laughs> but Mike goes first. But I go first with Sleeping Beauty. Alright, let her rip. I gotta make sure I'm not gonna confuse Sleeping Beauty with Snow White and their their songs here. Oh boy. Told you this is gonna be a shit show. Yep. Uh, I had to look up my songs too, it's okay. <laughs> also that that's not it. <laughs> Are you prepared? I know Challenge all this. Be prepared, no Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> To be to to answer that question, to answer that question, no, we are not prepared for this. We did not have time to prepare. Yeah. Um. So, is anyone ready? To yes. Go? Yes, we're gonna have to be ready. Go for it. All right. So, Sleeping Beauty has several overture songs. Beautiful. Song. I just want, you want me to open up with uh, "What's Upon a Dream," don't you? Yeah, you do. This is all you, dude. All Don't right. ask me. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Open up with "What's Upon a Dream," <laughs> as Prince Aurora is dancing through the forest, and she meets Prince Charming, Prince Philip, Prince Charming, and Cinderella, of course. Prince Philip in the forest, and she's dancing to "Once Upon a Dream," an iconic Disney princess song, uh, one that's actually used in several Disney uh, promotions thereafter. Just that uh, that score, that soundtrack, that that my God, would you hold yourself together? Right. <laughs> uh, so, what's upon a dream is a, <laughs> uh, such a shit show. <laughs> Are you uh, done? Keep going, guys. <laughs> so good. 
I believe in you. Father <laughs> Dream is, uh, it's so good. This is so good. I think both of these kicked out. Uh, can we do that? Can we do that? No, we no. can't. We no, have to do this. Rule number one. Rule number one. All right. Um, Come on. It, it's it's a great uh, duet between uh, Prince Princess Prince Aurora and Princess Philip. That doesn't work. No. You're not doing the best you can. If you're giggling, I, as you try to argue a point. I'm trying to argue a point here. Um, the, you're doing a really good job. Yes. So outside of Once Upon a Dream, which is a, a classic song, just the, the score of that movie, the sense of raw emotion and danger that you bring in, and uh, the the uh, soundtrack. All of right. Enough of that. <laughs> Magnificent, eh? Let's Magnificent. talk about another Magnificent soundtrack. All right, so so uh, yeah, I have my uh, I have my work cut out for me again here. Uh, so Bambi, although not a musical, does actually have a couple of songs. It has "Love Is a Song," which both opens the film and is also the romantic heart uh, between Bambi and Feline. And also "April Showers," which is of course in the Disney canon and is a classic. Do they bring mayflowers? But oh, yes, it turns out. <laughs> uh, in fact, they bring flower specifically the character. Mm. Uh, but yes. Uh, both songs are classics. Both are done in the classic Disney style. The score also is great, especially um, towards the end with the uh, in the uh, the fire scene uh, where the forest catch, catches fire. Score is definitely definitely helps uh, the urgency of the rescue uh, that Bambi must do with, with his fa- fellow animals. I think that overall, I think the score and, uh, and the songs achieve a a sense of theme and setting. Um, it, it's, it goes hand in hand with this coming of age story and goes hand in hand with the nature theme and the theme of, uh, of man versus nature uh, that the story, ta- the story touches on. I think that um, well I was going to go into <laughs> arguing against this film but I have to wait for that or at least I should wait for that um, so I'm done. Okay. <laughs> okay, now I can go into that. All right. So, whereas Sleeping Beauty uh, is interesting because Sleeping Beauty soundtrack is almost, uh, I would say, about seventy-five percent borrowed. So, whereas the tradition, of course, was to write the songs in house, uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty borrows a lot from the uh, Tchaikovsky uh, Ballet of Sleeping Beauty, as well as uh, as its work work in progress, and adds lyrics on top of the songs. And yeah, I think that he's right in. There's pretty much one recognizable, uh, memorable song in the film, uh, Once Upon a Dream. And while as that is the one song that he can pinpoint, there's actually a lot other stuff going on in that film that he had failed to uh, mention specifically about its score. That being said, I think that both films actually have a climax that is very, very well scored. But I would argue that the score for Bambi during the fire is more successful in, um, in, in, in that anticipation and that anxiety that you get than, in, than the score during um, uh, Philip's fight against uh, Maleficent. Malif- I can never say her name. Malif- Maleficent? Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie uh, in Dragonborn. And I think that if, if you're comparing the scores, which I think is what we should probably be doing here, yeah. I think Bambi's is more successful and, uh, in its themes. Than being at Sleeping Beauty is, 
uh, Sleeping Beauty is borrowed for the most part, and thus it doesn't have the originality um, that a lot of its contempor- Disney contemporaries do. Which, yeah, you're right. I mean, both of these movies, uh, Bambi and Sleepy Beauty, basically only have one song. Yours is April Showers. Mine is uh, Once Upon a Dream. That's basically the only music, uh, the only lyrical sound, uh, mu- uh, sounds, music to come out of both of these uh, movies. Uh, yes, uh, both of these are basically, yeah, just great scores. Uh one, one by Bambi uh, with its uh, meadow and peaceful uh, forest nature, whereas you have that of Sleeping Beauty, which is more uh, hard, more hard, uh, hard music, and where you have trumpets <laughs> and drums. So hard. So hard, hardcore, man. <laughs> and yes, even even up to that, uh, the, the final climax battle with um, with Prince Philip and Magnificent, Maleficent. The the, the fairies. <laughs> That that it that the score does bring in I feel more sense of a danger, more sense of corruption, and more sense of um, more sense of impending doom. That if Prince Philip, that there is basically no dialogue going on in that entire uh, climax of a scene. Uh, it is just just action, pure action with music. huh? Music. Yeah, pure action with <laughs> Prince Philip's being scored. By that soundtrack, scored. and he's and being scored. He's being scored. He's yeah, he scores. Uh, and even at the end, when they do the reprise of "Once Upon a Dream," as they're dancing away, uh, it's such. It brings such a beautiful and magical tone uh, out out of it that you feel that all of it was worthwhile. That this score encompasses a a, a complete journey. From hope to devastation, back to relief and um, and joy. Okay. Wondering where all of that was in your opener. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, it, it's a tricky one because we don't have quite as much to grab onto as the musicals. So it's it's hard, and we don't obviously have these scores memorized. Yes. So this is a way harder argument to have. Um, I think what they're accomplished, uh, what they're setting out to accomplish in both of these movies is actually very similar. Um, so it does kind of go down to execution of the theme, of uh, the setting. I think uh, Sleeping Beauty is interesting because it ha- it's got that kind of you have that kind of medieval setting, and I don't know if it hundred percent take it takes advantage of that kind of sound. Um, then of course with Bambi you have the nature setting, the forest setting. And I think, as you so well uh, well put, it does a good job of setting you in that uh, kind of that, that forest glen kind of feel, that peaceful kind of feel. And I think it's more successful in that. That being said, I think that like uh, to go back to the climactic moment, Bambi also has a similarly structured climax, where it is pretty much visuals and music. Uh, there is not, and I think both films have kind of that kind of centerpiece to it. But as I argued before, um, I'll argue again um, that I think that Bambi's is more successful in that um, in that feeling of of, of of danger, whereas you have the the problem with Sleeping Beauties is of course a narrative problem where really there were no stakes at all. Um, so I think that the music doesn't do a very good job of 
of uh, of amplifying it to the point where you forget oh wait music uh, sorry magic just kind of saves the day whereas oh, Bambi I know that's what I'm saying I, yes. I can't really yeah it's tough because there's not a whole lot of things that we have there's not a, lot, a whole lot of ammunition that we have yes. um, here for this argument okay <laughs> yes and I was running low but that being <laughs> said if it comes down to which one hits harder it has to be Sleeping Beauty and Once Upon a Dream. It is an iconic song. It basically makes that movie uh, where Prince Philip and Prince Aurora meet for the first time. It even so, so happens that that song moves the plot forward. It moves uh, Prince Philip to, to find Aurora Princess or Briar Rose again, as she puts it moves the plot forward into uh, Prince Aurora wanting to deny her heritage. That song is so pivotal in that movie that your song, April Showers, is just filler. It's basically filler between Bambi trying to grow up. Okay, um, Once Upon a Dream makes its reprise at the end. It's iconic, it's classic. And it's encompassing everything that Sleeping Beauty is and meant to be for Disney. Okay. I'm going to wave the one minute. Same here. I think we're good. <laughs> Not enough oh, to you, say. You don't have anything else to talk about, guys? No, we don't. We, uh, <laughs> here. In a shocking turn of events, <laughs> they ran out of words to say. <laughs> um, it happens rarely. Rarely. Very. Um, Bambi is sleeping beauty of well, us. <laughs> you gotta pick one, unfortunately. Yes. You poor as, unfortunate soul. As, <laughs> Wait, wrong song. As strong and well thought out as those are. <laughs> so much effort and intense study went into this, the development of these ideals. <laughs> it's like, hey, I figured out why it stinks in here, because we're talking out of our asses. <laughs> It is. By the way, we didn't even think it was gonna make it past round one. What was it up against the last? Cinderella. Cinderella. Oh yeah. We're gonna put a better musical to talk about, but no, you gave it. Imagine this conversation would have been completely different if this was Bambi and Cinderella. Yes. Cinderella would have wiped the floor with Bambi. Oh, wouldn't it? 
Wait, wait, wouldn't it have played the floor? Wait, you put it out Cinderella? Well, because we put the princesses up against each other. It's Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. That we, means you fixed it. This whole thing is rigged. No. Rigged! When we first rigged! played the bracket, I asked Matt, where do you want to put Cinderella yeah. Sleeping Beauty? He said Cinderella should be higher than Sleeping Beauty. That's my thought. Uh, and so I said, sense. okay, well then what goes before? What goes after it? He said, well, look to Pinocchio and Peter Pan after because they're more iconic of the movies. Yeah. So my argument was against, since I was defending Sleeping Beauty, I had to argue against Cinderella. So my argument against Cinderella was that it does the parallel plot thing too much. It focuses too much on the mice. And the judge agreed, and so Cinderella lost. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Even though my, 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 even though my argument for Sleeping Beauty was magic salt, magic is the, brute, is the brute of all this evil and solves <laughs> everything. Yeah, that's the problem with Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Apparently. Is that magic is the solution to everything. But we're not talking about that. We have we one last battle. Because we have last battle. One final battle to go. music round. Yes. And that is Pinocchio versus Snow White. We have things to talk about here. Yes. Actually. Whoa. Somehow. Okay. All right. Nice. So Mike will begin with Snow White. I'll begin with Snow White. Uh, all right. Go for it. Snow White opens with... Uh, one of the most iconic Disney openings ever with Wishing Well. No, 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 I don't want, I'm not kidding, thank you. Uh, with, with a dreaming of a wishing well, or, uh, and, or I'm sorry, I'm wishing, where she's, where it's the want song. Here's your want song, Matt. You want a good want song? It's I'm wishing. And it establishes not only this, but for all Disney lore, the want song. Of, of wish, yes, Disney lore, of, of, of establishing a want song and establishing what a prince, what a, what a want song should be. It should be focused on the princess and it should be focused on her goal for the movie. Not only that, but you have other, uh, other uh, songs into, uh, to here, including the always fun and classic Hi-Ho, also Whistle While You Work. I assume they go back to back since they, in the movie, they do go back to back. You have the fun song introducing the doors of Whistle While You Work, where they dig, 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 all the lines all day long. And then they come home, and it does a, such a beautiful uh, non-filler uh, way of showing the dwarves uh, cro crossing the woodlands and going home. And then, you, of course, you have, um, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it, um, Whistle while you work. I know you're gonna bring this up. I know you say how bad of a song it is, but it's not. It's a fun song. It's Snow White working with the uh, with with the woodland critters and cleaning the house. It's a fun song, and hey, it actually spawned a whole lot of women whistling while they worked. Also, I listen to my household. That song went on whenever we wanted to. My mom wanted us to clean. It was whistle oh, while you work. Okay. Well, I don't know if that was good or whether you shot yourself in the foot there. Um, <laughs> right. So Pinocchio um, is not necessarily entirely a musical, um, as close as uh, Snow White is as well as at least. But it is it does have some memorable songs. In fact, when you wish upon a star, maybe. The most Disney of all these songs. In fact, it's their frickin' theme song at this point. It is so memorable that the studio decided to align themselves with that song and have that elicit the brand of Disney. 
And that's because it's a great song, and it's the emotional centerpiece of the film. It's not the only song, of course. You also have Give a Little Whistle, speaking of whistles, where Jiminy Crickets establishes his, his role as the conscience to young Pinocchio, and does something that none, none of the songs really do in Snow White, which is actually have something to do with the narrative. Yes, bring this back to your argument about these songs that don't move forward. Uh, but I'll get to that later when my rebuttal. Uh, but so you have both of those those songs establishing the themes of wishes and granting and uh, and uh, wishing on a star and this dynamic between Pinocchio and and Jiminy Cricket. Then of course you have I've Got No Strings, which is fun, uh, fun uh, a fun song, but also kind of kind of this the. Uh, well, it's used in an entertainment way in the film, diegetically, as he's performing in, uh, for these, for these, uh, for this theatrical troupe. Um, but also, it's an interesting song thematically because, of course, that's what Pinocchio's goal is: is to become the real boy and cut his proverbial strings. Uh, then you also, then of course, you have the the, the high diddle dee dee. Which is kind of the, the theme of the ne'er do wells that Pinocchio has uh, found himself in, in uh, involved like with. That word, you. I do. Alright. He's used that as your argument before. Alright, argument. <laughs> or at least, at least around here you use that ne'er do wells. Ne'er do wells. It's a good term. I like how proud you are as you say it. Nobody says that anymore. No. Argument. Okay, uh, my rebuttal. Uh, so, which brings into the problem with Snow White? There are a lot of songs in this film. There, there's, there's a lot of material here, but they're all kind of just there as window dressing. They don't have a whole lot to do with the film and also kind of go hand in hand with the fact that the, the story of Snow White just takes so long to get established what it's trying to do. And the songs are arguably the, one of the reasons why, is because they use these kind of set pieces to have these songs in them and the story kind of just stops and waits for the songs to be over. So Whistle While You Work doesn't need to be in that film. It does nothing for the story. It just establishes that she likes to have fun while she gets stuff done. Sure. I mean, that's, I guess, a good idea. But it doesn't really do anything about the actual story of Snow White. Hi-Ho establishes that they work, but really doesn't do anything beyond that. Uh, you, the, the only song that really succeeds in having anything to say about the story at hand is of course I'm wishing, as it establishes the one. But even that is really short, and it doesn't really go anywhere after. Um, in fact, that's not really end up. A, they don't even give Snow White any, like actual power throughout the story anyway. So it doesn't really matter what she wishes for. It kind of happens without her having to do anything. Um, so it's not really great. Uh, narratively, they don't really fit. Whereas everything in Pinocchio. Uh, at least has thematically to do with what's happening on the screen and its story, as opposed to this, uh, as opposed to just kind of there because it needed songs. Okay. That's you. Well, <laughs> I never thought you'd back the way you did. <laughs> um, no, Snow White had plenty of songs. What are you talking about? I, I said that. I know, it's got plenty of songs. <laughs> guess what? They're all memorable. They all go, like, as I said with Lion King, they all go on t-shirts. 
Alright? They're all symbolic. <laughs> Hi ho! So symbolic. I wouldn't put that on a t-shirt. You put it you put it on a t-shirt. Alright? <laughs> That's a lot of work. I know. Iconic. Hi-ho. I'm wishing. Iconic. It opens in that iconic way. This this score for Snow White opens iconically in a in a great whooshing. Just this sense of uh calm and uh calm and peaceful that triumphant symphony washes over you. And uh I'll I'm gonna save one song for for my closing argument. It is a triumphant symphony. Whereas yours is a bunch of whistling and hootenanny. Did you just say Hootnanny? Yes, I did. Hootnanny. Hootnanny. Y'all? It's a bunch of Hootnanny. It's a bunch of wishwash. None of it (laughs) works well together. It's just, oh, what are we doing now? Wishwash. Oh, let's 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 sing what we're doing now. Let's let's re-say what we've already said. Alright? I will give you, however, um when you wish upon a star as being iconic. But guess what? That's not songs I'd even tied to Pinocchio in its marketing. It they tie it to its opening and it's tied to uh, Tinkerbell rising over the Disney castle, which is Sleeping Beauty's castle. So it's it's multiple it's movies that doesn't movies. argue anything for your point. But anyways, go on. <laughs> it means it, what it argues is that that song could be placed anywhere in a Disney canon. Alright, that song didn't Sorry, didn't stop, need to be stop, Pinocchio. Stop. <laughs> the time's up. I accidentally hit the button. Alright. Alright. Two minutes. Alright. Okay, so uh, stop, you're right there. Uh, that's not fair. Uh, that's not a fair argument. I think that uh, it has its origins in the story because the story of Pinocchio is literally about wishing upon a star. Yes, it's a motif that they reused later, but that's because it's a motif that's in a lot of fairy tales. It was a thing that existed before it was used in Pinocchio. They wrote a song about it, though, for Pinocchio. And it's so, it's, it's so, like, familiar, it's such a familiar theme to what Disney, with the kind of stories that Disney would tell. And it's so, like, it, its soul is the soul of Disney animation. And so that's why they chose to use it. So in a way, you could place it in a couple of other Disney movies, but that's because the themes that they're addressing in that song and in Pinocchio are themes that are universal for when you're telling stories about about these these classic fairy tales. When you're telling stories about wish fulfillment, which really is the epitome of fantasy. And so I think Pinocchio is a good introduction to that kind of Disney theme of a fantasy and wish fulfillment, which which doesn't which doesn't really show through in Snow White, its predecessor. I think it's, it's, uh, I think Snow White's uh, one film is just very one note. Or one, one song is very one note. Is I'm wishing for my prince to come, essentially, before that song existed. <laughs> and so it's like, it's not the same thing. It's it's a very different deal. Um, and so, oh, wait, isn't that the same movie? Wait, what movie is Someday? Yeah, that's, that's, that's Snow White, isn't it? Why aren't you answering me? I don't remember. Regardless, it's not good. Uh, regardless, it's not, it's not as strong uh, of, a, of a message is what I'm trying to say here. It's, it's not as strong as a message. It's not necessary. It's, it's, it's more broad. Okay. You think I'm wishing. Okay. What's someday my prince will come? Uh, so, so the, Isn't that Snow White? So the one song of... 
sleep of uh, Snow White in the beginning is I'm wishing. Yeah. However, the movie does it so well that it decides to do it twice. Okay, and yes, that is bring the same in movie. the my 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 ace in the hole here, my trump card, and that is my trump card. Can yes. we retire that phrase now? No. Go on. My trump card, and that <laughs> is someday my prince will come. That song alone opens the movie, closes the movie, is in the middle of that movie. It is that someday my prince will come establishes Disney. Without that song, I don't think Snow White becomes the hit that it is. It it establishes the Disney as a brand. It establishes the princess uh, genre that it would uh, go on to to lay the foundation for. Um, someday my prince will come. Is the quint is the quintessential princess song, all right? Um, high ho is the quintessential working song, right? Whistle while you work is quintessential cleaning song. There's a lot of iconic songs yes. in the, Snow the famous genre of cleaning songs. Yes. Yeah. Like whippets. Like whippets. Whippet good. Cleaning song. Or um, the working song from Enchanted is a cleaning song. Yes. Or Man at Work, even. Man at Work. That Snow White, Snow White established the working song genre with Hi Ho. All right. Impressive. Um, with Hi Ho. Hi Ho. It's off to work they go. Mm-hmm. I also. It, it's, it's, as you want to take a clear, it's home from work we go, as they say in the movie. There's just so many iconic and classic songs in Snow White that you would see reiterated over throughout the Disney lore, Disney canon, that all had spaces in Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Okay, very okay good. one minute, final things. I, I want to establish this for the record. You're using the word iconic a lot. We're not talking about legacy until the next round. No. Okay. Just making sure. Yes. Uh, so. Is that your argument? <laughs> no, that's not my entire argument. Uh, so, so whereas, yes, you, your song has a lot more movies. Or sorry, a lot. Your movie has a lot more songs. <laughs> My song has a lot more movies in it. <laughs> your movie has a lot more songs in it, but I think the, the songs that are in Pinocchio have more to do have more to do with the story at hand than Snow White's do. I think Snow White's uh, songs are songs that were in the vicinity of the Disney Studios and styles that were popular at the time. Not necessarily songs that were built from the ground up for the movie itself. I think your argument for for uh, uh, when you wish upon a star could be used for a lot of the songs in in Snow White, in that you could place them in a few other movies, and that they kind of just exist as their own. Okay. Good, Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Well, well, okay. You, if you want to go that route, sure. They could exist in several other movies, but they don't. <laughs> They exist in Snow White. We're talking about Snow White here, okay? Snow White establishes these classic songs. Snow White establishes the want songs, okay? It even establishes the score for the villain. The score for the the evil queen is so dark that they use it constantly throughout that movie, all right? It's dark. It's gritty. And I can't remember your Disney villain song, if you even had one. Not really. Which which one had one? It's, it's, it's your film seems to run multiple villains at the same time. 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Another powerful, very well made argument. I'd say way more than the last um, one. Both, yes, way more. For both parties, um, I think you guys bring up good points that, I mean, they're both running with a lot of similar Disney themes of the time and beyond. But I can't get out of my head the fact, Mike's point about how when you wish upon the star, I didn't even, I never even remember that that's in Pinocchio because it has been so widely used since then. So, which which isn't a bad thing, but it's, I mean, the reality is I think that if we're talking musically for the music in the movie itself, Snow White has to win. Although that song obviously has been more powerful moving forward, but Snow White wins the battle. Mm. All right. I'm sorry. I think it's. I think you're right, and that is fair. You're right for the right reasons. <laughs> and, but it sucks but, that yes. we're eliminating Pinocchio. I know. I'm sorry. S- from this, from this bracket. You guys asked yes. me to be the person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. That's what I'm saying. Is I feel like anybody would have came to the yeah. same conclusion you did. Yeah. It's just it's unfortunate for Pinocchio. Yeah, I, I think Pinocchio... That had to go through the music round? <laughs> no, no. I, I think that had Pinocchio gone through, that song would have been its legacy. Yeah, that's tricky, because, yeah, that's that's that that would have been its, its argument it, for it, legacy. It, yeah, you can't really beat that argument, because it is everywhere in their marketing. But then again... But is that the legacy of Pinocchio itself? No, the legacy the is Disney. Disney? So yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. overall yeah. probably makes more sense for this bracket for Snow White to move on. It's just it sucks that those two were against each other. Yeah. Well, it sucks that both Little Mermaid and Aladdin were against each other. Yeah, you could argue that, but also we're talking about very different things here. Yes, Aladdin, Aladdin is not nearly the movie that either Pinocchio or Snow White is. No, it's better. But with that, <laughs> wow. with that, we'll uh, save recap. that argument for later. Let's recap. And let's recap as our winners today. We, uh, our winners today include The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, and Snow White. We'll be joining uh, The Lion King, Pocahontas, <laughs> Moana, and Frozen. So wow, we split right down the middle for wins this time. Yeah. Nice. Also, uh, uh, in what seems to be no surprise at all, the top two of each yes, category are moving on. Are moving on, so, except for the Walt Disney category. Yes. We have our Dark Horse in Sleeping Beauty at number yes, six. Wow. Somehow, somehow sticking around. Odds, yeah. So this, will, of course, will bring us to round three, which will be Legacy. Legacy. Ramily. <laughs> panda, 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 panda. So, <laughs> so yes. Okay. We will be talking yeah. about, for that round, well, we will talk about specifically answer. what the movies mean now. And what we mean by that is a few different things. It means, like, this is where we get to talk about theme park rides. And we talk about branding and merchandise. This is when we talk about what, if now, if we were to talk about these movies today in 2017, what do these movies mean for the company, for animation, just as a whole? Yes. So that'll be an inter- interesting one. I'm excited for this one because I don't really need to do any studying here. No. Uh, since I already know all this crap. So <laughs> I'm excited for this one. This is, this is my bread and butter uh, category. Wait, I thought the music was your wheelhouse. I thought it was going to be, but it really wasn't. 
Wow. Yeah, I thought it was going to be easy, but it was not. It was well, I, I think that the next round is going to be interesting because yeah. we both bring different aspects right. of what each branding means to each so, uh, argument. So yeah, this is going to be an interesting uh, this part. So what is our uh, so we're doing just one podcast, right? For yeah, yes. Uh, round three will be one single podcast for all of those. Yeah, and then we're gonna have one podcast because for the there's finals. still four. There's still four battles. Right. There's so eight competitors left. Eight movies repeat left. Repeat who's in. Who's left? I know you said it, but yes. Uh, so in the first in the uh, so in a, so in one our first matchup will be Frozen versus Moana. Oh God! So battle of the recent oh, princesses. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. In which Frozen may have a slight advantage as it did we'll come see. out later. But we'll see. But we'll or see earlier. Earlier. <laughs> I mean, like further ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Later, further ago. <laughs> then we have a uh, Pocahontas versus the Lion King, which will be an interesting Ooh. matchup as. One team wanted to work on the other project. Yeah, it's, the, the, it's interesting story behind that. Yes. Uh, then we have The Little Mermaid versus Beauty and the Beast. Also interesting as one helped establish the Disney <laughs> Renaissance. Yeah. And, and one, one was nominated it, for... Arguably. Yes, arguably perfected yes, it. so, yeah. And lastly, we have Sleeping Beauty versus Snow White. Arguably the two <laughs> iconic Disney princesses. Yeah. Um, so this will be an interesting uh, fight. Yeah, will we'll be an interesting matchup in Girl our next uh, round. I kind of want to do these now. I'm <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we Well, we can't do them now, but if it's up, you can listen to it. Yep. Right now. Bye. Bye.